Welcome to Good Deeds, Real Estate with a Mission, our weekly podcast to equip home buyers and sellers with the knowledge and wisdom needed to navigate the evolving, often challenging real estate landscape and to share our thoughts on the importance of why we give back from every single transaction we close to the community where we live. Hi, I'm Diane Davidson. I've been in the real estate business for over 40 years. I'm Bill Weidecker, and for me, it's 37 years in the business. And together, we've helped thousands of people just like you to buy and sell real estate. You, the economy, and the community benefit from making knowledgeable real estate decisions. We are here to help, and thanks for trusting us to be your guides. Good Deeds, Real Estate with a Mission is presented by the Fine Homes Group International, serving clients in New Hampshire and the greater Boston area. Now, here's Bill and Diane. All right, welcome everyone to uh, the inaugural broadcast of Good Deeds, Real Estate with a Mission. It is a, uh, uh, my name is Dave Long, and uh, over time I'm going to kind of recede from this program, but today I'm just joining our hosts, Diane Davidson and Bill Weidecker. Uh, They are the hosts of the program, and uh, I'm just here to uh, have a conversation as we get started on our inaugural broadcast. So first of all, Diane, how are you? I'm great, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Bill? Good day, David. All right. <laughs> and uh, ready to go? Absolutely. We are. Okay. Uh, today, we're going to, as I said, Diane, first of all, why don't you just tell us um, what this podcast is about and what we hope to uh, uh, accomplish with this. Um, it's about every aspect of real estate that we've encountered, and in my case, in almost 41 years of selling real estate. And uh, we just hope to, to enlighten our um, audience, our listeners, who may be past clients, maybe future clients. There's, there are a lot of moving parts, and we realize it's something that uh, people probably need to start hearing about. Bill, your thought? Uh, I think... I think real estate in general is fascinating to people. It always was to me, even as a child. And uh, I think now that I've been in the career 37, 38 years, as Diane said, there's a lot there's a lot to learn and a lot to pass along. So for those that have, uh, are thinking about buying or selling a house in the near future, or for those that are thinking about this as a career, it's, it's just helpful. And... Uh I should mention, I didn't mention this to start off with, Fine Homes Group International here at Keller Williams in Bedford, New Hampshire, um, is the presenting sponsor of the program. You guys are the owners, proprietors of it. Tell us about uh, FHGI. Diane, you want to start or you want oh, to? Oh, sure. Um, well, uh, I don't know how many years ago now when we moved, we moved our family up to New Hampshire and uh, Bill and I partnered as agents and um, started organically growing a team, I guess out of necessity, finding people who seemed like good fits with us to work together. They found us, we found them, and we now have a a wonderful team of um, seven agents, uh, lots of support people, um, the team behind the team, and we help uh, a lot of people with their real estate needs, and we also have a mission of giving back. And Bill, you uh, even farther back from that, actually were behind starting the company, the Keller Williams franchise here. Talk about that experience, which, by the way, I've always mentioned to people that um, that I talk to that you started right when the market was crashing and the, the, the financial markets are crashing, which took the real estate market with it. And uh, so it's been a, a tremendous success story. And uh, 
Talk about the start. Talk about how well, you Well, uh, you know, you could, one could argue that we, we, we had impeccable timing. <laughs> <laughs> um, my feeling about the market, Dave, uh, back then uh, was I didn't, st- I didn't see it coming, and very often we don't see uh, economic downturns coming. They happen more likely locally, and they're more than likely they happen quickly. And so when I started in the business, I was in the midst of an economic downturn in 1983. Interest rates were, the prime lending rate was 21%. And, uh, and people were saying, what are you doing? Why are you getting into real estate? No one even wants to buy a house. I mean, the Carter administration seemed like the good old days. Yeah, and, and the, the interesting thing about that is, is um, you work through just about any market because there's always people that want to buy. They need to live somewhere. And there's always people that need to sell, meaning they they don't need the home they're in and they're moving on. Uh, life life situations come up and people need necessitate the need for housing. And so it's always been the market. For those that are willing to stay with it, uh, as we have, there's always been a market for us to, to operate in. And uh, how did you arrive at the idea of the podcast? And what do you hope to accomplish with it? I, I think we hope to reach more people. Um, we, and we'll touch on this in, in future podcasts, but we just went through what we call right-sizing. We sold our home that we had been in, that we built, that we've been in for um, 11 years. We went into temp- our, we are in temporary housing. Um, we're renovating a smaller place um, on the river. I get a pontoon boat. Uh, and I think we realized, you know, being in it rather than helping other people through it, that there was a need to share a lot more than a lot more in sort of in bulk, if you will, to reach more people other than just the people that we're working with at the time or the people that we have worked with. So we want to help enlighten people. Been um, as I said before, in lots of aspects, lots of there are lots of moving parts in this, and we're it's a lot different when you're experiencing it. And we know we now know what we've been putting people through for all these decades. So I was going to say, Diane just stole my next question by talking about uh, uh, you're in the midst of, in the last six months, you're not just people who are in this business and helping people find homes or sell their homes, you're buyers and sellers, and you've got your own interesting approach, I think, that you took one approach, which was to sell your home before you bought and go the temporary route. Some people don't do that, take away some of the anxiety, but uh, so... You uh, cover all the bases, I guess, is what I'm trying to say in terms of being in real estate, being an owner, being a buyer, that kind of thing. Yeah, I used to say to the people that uh, that uh, I work with and work uh, and in the industry, I used to joke about it and say, you know, real estate agents should be should it should be a compliance that they move every three to five years so that they were remember freshly what they put their their clients through um, or what their I've, clients go through. And since I've known you, you've done that. You've taken that to heart. Well, uh, but except for this 11-year 11, yes. 11 uh, period of time, which it's interesting because um, even as real estate agents, Dave, you you pick up the role you're most closely emotionally attached to. So as a real estate agent, you can stay very calm, cool, collected, and and guide your clients successfully through these transactions. But for the clients or the the buyers and the sellers, which we were in this particular case, it's an emotional move. It's an emotional decision. There's a lot of moving parts. So it gave us, uh, it gave us pause to realize that 
there's a lot of cool things on television. You can see lots of programs on how to fix up your house or how to prepare your house for, for the market. Most of the time, what's missing is all of the emotions attached to it, all of the details, all of the paperwork. Could you imagine a television program if you had to pitch it to a network and said, we're going to talk about negotiation strategies and all of the paperwork involved in selling your house? It wouldn't make it out of the, it wouldn't make it out of the first meeting. No. Or maybe a talk show with a lead paint abater and uh, <laughs> someone who does septic inspection. So that's the other thing. We want to bring real, real life, real people um, for our audience to listen to, experts in lots of fields that might be a little bit boring. They're not the glamour. They're not the fix it up and flip it and hide your personal. They're really the a lot of the nitty-gritty, um, not fun, behind-the-scenes stuff that happens. And we'd like people to understand that human being to human being um, before, they're, before they're experiencing it. So we're really excited about lots of the experts we're going to be bringing on the show. CTV is interested in broadcasting. What you're suggesting is narrow casting. <coughs> Excuse me. In that, there are people who are need to know those things. And <coughs> even if it's a non-detailed person like myself, I need to work with someone like you who would think of those kind of things because I would, in a million years, never think of those things. So, all right, um, let's. What's today's takeaway? What do you want people to take from this show, Diane? Um, today, just to remember and to pay attention as we talk about things going forward. Um, I think that from our perspective, there'll be it'll be anecdotal in nature. We have lots and lots of stories, as you can imagine, between Bill and. Me and our fine homes group and agents that we know in the business, we've dealt with thousands and thousands of buyers and sellers and um, probably have a real-life story for every situation. So um, I, want, I want them to take away that it should be interesting, um, that we also <coughs> are going to be sharing our, you know, our give, give back mission. We're going to have guests who have been the recipients of our scholarships. We'll have agents on our team talking about what they do to give back to the community. So um, I'd like them to take away that it's <coughs> just kind of a, a nice hu- a series of human stories, um, and, and we're going to be building a, a good reference library at the same time. Bill, what would you like them to take away? A couple words. Uh, experience matters. And so that if they can gain some uh, some knowledge through our experience by uh, listening to these podcasts, it gives them additional context. We're hoping, as Diane said, to build a library because I think here's the interesting thing: is through our discussions back and forth and with the guests that we have, there are going to be times where there'll be something that will be episode, you name it, episode number one thirty-two, where we're talking specifically about lead paint, where we can. We can guide our clients and and uh, customers to back to that episode in, in the library to say, listen to this conversation we had. It it just will save a lot of valuable time for them. See, that is the uh, the benefit of the twenty first century. Things can be cataloged; they're on digital. So they go up there and you build that library. It's really just like going to a library and saying, you know. As you said, episode 131. So, anyway, all right. Let's step aside for a second. We're going to come back to segment one, and we're going to get to get. We're going to get to know the host of their program, of this program, a little bit better in terms of how they get started, where they get started, that kind of thing. So, we'll be back in just a second. The lightning round. 
All right, we're back for, we're going to get to know our hosts a little bit better, a little bit more in depth. Start with Diane, or start with Bill. Should be, um, see, there's the, one of the great things about a podcast and not a television show is you can see the points. You can see when someone's pointing, go, go to Bill first. <laughs> so we're very seamless on that, so we will go to Bill first. Uh, how did you get started? And I know your, your involvement in college was not to be a real estate agent. How did you get started? Why did you make the change? And who were you before you got into real estate? Well, um, so out of high school, I, I, I always was enamored with the idea of uh, cooking and entertaining and loved both of them. Uh, loved a crowd. Loved when we had parties at the house as a kid. And uh, thought for sure that I wanted to pursue a career in uh, culinary arts and I went to Johnson and Wales University in Rhode Island. And uh, when I got out of school, I started working in the industry. I was working in it as I was going to school. Um, and when I was doing it as a full-time job, you know, I started to realize at a very young age, I mean, I was 20, uh, that you're working at the opposite end of the clock of most people. You're, you're working while they're not working because they're in the restaurants and hotels eating and enjoying themselves while you're working. To, so you're working when they're not working, which meant I was going to work till midnight or what have you, holidays, weekends. Not that the real estate business is much different because there's nights and weekends, but it's, it's different, believe me. Um, I also started to realize that what kind of life am I going to lead if I'm working till midnight all the time, whether I own a restaurant or I'm working uh, in a kitchen as a chef. And uh, so... A friend of mine who had gotten into the real estate business used to come in at the end of his day, which was 8.30, he'd be done, kind of done working in the real estate business, and he'd pop in for dinner. And he was a high school friend, and, he, and I, I was at the tail end of my shift, 9 o'clock, 9.30. I'd have these conversations with him about his business, and it was so exciting. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I should pursue an alternative career. I'll think about it. And I started taking... Um, the real estate uh, classes for uh, to prepare you for the licensing exam. And um, about class three or four, I thought, I'm not going to think about this. I'm going to do it. And uh, if I'm going to do it, I'm not going to do it part-time. I, I went into it headlong. I had a little bit of savings, not much, and I just gave my notice. I passed the test, gave my notice, and uh, they, they at the time said, if it doesn't work out, we want you to come back. And I remember thinking, that's why I'm going full-time. I, I, I want it to work out. And so, um, it, so it wasn't a departure that was take this job and it was a... I didn't have a plan B, Dave. I did not have a plan B. <laughs> I, I went into it at 21 years old, um, just believing well, that I was going to... Which is young to go into this, the business. Uh, uh, I, suppose, like I suppose. I suppose. You never um, owned, right, before that? Uh, no. No, uh, not... <laughs> Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, not much has changed um, other than the fact I'm 37 years older, right? My voice sounds the same today as it did then. And so I, would, I could get a lot of appointments over the phone because I sound like a middle-aged <laughs> man. And then they'd have this 21-year-old showing up at the door going, uh, wait, uh, this is kind of a switch here. By the way, Bill, <laughs> used to, uh, a while, a few years ago, used to have this great ad that was ran in uh, a newspaper or newspapers that showed, and the headline was, which will Bill Weidecker did you buy a house from? 
and it was a series of pictures of him today, back to five years ago, back to ten years ago, back to, I think, when he was 14. But the pictures are great, because it's kind of like an evolution. You watch, it's like, uh, sure. You're watching him get older, but the idea was he was showing off his experience. And it was a great, it was really, in my opinion, a really good ad. So, uh, and of course, the 14-year-old picture was when, well, what did people say to you when you got off, when they, you made an appointment on the phone, you sounded like you were Cary Grant, you were 30, you know, there's a 42-year-old guy coming, and they're going... 21. Said, what, yeah. Yeah, and you would come up and shake their hand, and the guy, would they say, where's Bill? I, I just remember, <laughs> one appointment in particular, I remember um, the clients, I got there, and the look of astonishment on his face as he answered the door, and I thought, I'm, I'm either a day early, a day late, a half an hour early, something's wrong. And I said, is everything okay? Am I, am I, did I have the timing wrong? He said, no, you're fine. We just, we, well, we just, ex- we expected your dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the, he gave me a chance, though, because he said, why in the world uh, would we, do you even own a house, Bill? And I said, no, uh, but I'm going to by the end of the year. And he said, why in the world would we, we list with you? And at the time, I remember I said, because here's why. There's no way I'm going to go back to the office with this property listed and not make sure that it sells. I can't take that kind of pressure. And uh, that was enough for him. He was like, okay, that's Hunger. good enough for me. Hunger works, right? Yeah, I said, I'll do everything in my power to get this sold. Um, and what do you like best about the business that you're in? I like the fact that there's a variety every single day. And that variety, for the most part, um, has rhythm. It is not exact. And what I mean by that is is that there's always different, uh, different subtle nuances in every real estate transaction, but they do rhyme from time to time. So you're able to, you're able to go back and draw upon your experience but I love the fact that every day is different. There's no way you can predict with any reliability that today is going to be just like yesterday, even if your calendar says it's going to be just like yesterday. And in your experience, what is the biggest difference from when you started to where you are today, to where real estate is today for buyers and sellers? Um, so there is, um, okay, there, I think the speed of the transaction between something happening and the feedback loop is much quicker. So if there's um, if there's a showing on a property, the sellers would like to know right away how did that showing go. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Um, I remember when I was at a real estate transaction, if there was a question that a seller or buyer had of me in 1983, they would say, I was going to call you last night, but it was after hours, and I didn't. Um, because all they had was the office number and the home number. There was no cell phones. There were no car right. phones. And so the difference today is is that that speed, uh, that conversation loop is much quicker, Dave. And, and also, I think there's no lack of data out there because of the Internet. So if somebody wants to look for information, they can find a, just a dearth of data. It doesn't mean, you know, they're not, they're not starved for the information. What they're starved for is the advice as to how, to how to handle that information, on how to decipher that information, on how to utilize that information. Because you're going to get conflicting information out there in, in the world today. 
So I think that's changed. I think uh, for those that are really good at this profession, um, we're even more relied upon and we're even more valued. All right, let's, uh, let's do a lightning round. Short answers. Usually when I say this the first time we ever do this with someone, um, I say short answers, and they it's like the Gettysburg address. Well, I can do it. Gettysburg address actually is pretty short, but it's, you know, it's like, uh, anyway. Uh, so, short answers, and then we're going to talk a little bit about them after. All right, who's the most influential person you've worked with and why? Um, you want the name? Yeah. Ron Buford. Mm-hmm. And why? Uh, he was the broker that hired me. So uh, even after that uh, questionable piece of judgment uh, on his part, uh, <laughs> I learned to value his, his, uh, his advice, his counsel, and still to this day. So we're still very close, uh, friendly, and uh, he's no longer in the business. He's retired from the business. Um, he's very much a part of, uh, part of my life. Best experience in real estate? Best experience in real estate was... Um, uh, handling, let me take that back. The best experience in real estate was uh, running uh, in a candidacy for the New Hampshire Association of Realtors and winning that candidacy uh, back in 19, I was the president in 1995. So that was the best experience, winning the first time. I, I liked it. We had to stand when Bill came into the uh, into the room in those days because of the presidency. <laughs> yeah, all rise. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and the music that accompanied it. Uh, most interesting experience through the years. Okay, so that that uh, goes into the the uh, what I was going to say first is the most interesting experience was handling a transaction where there were three properties on the line, um, which meant there was a buyer and seller of all three of those properties, and they were all intertwined, Dave. And uh, five out of six of those buyers and sellers in the, those three transactions a buyer and seller in each one, were clients of mine. Ooh, and so having to, having to maneuver through that um, was the most interesting. I thought you were going to say that the person who was selling bought house A and the person who was selling house A bought house B and they just swapped, swapped houses. There was, there was a little bit of that, but they were all uh, the seller of the first house bought the, the, the second house who was a seller who bought another house that I had listed, and so they were all intertwined, three properties. And, uh, yeah, there was only one transaction where the agent, there was another agent involved, and that was on the buy side at the very beginning. All the rest of it was mine. Other than uh, starting this podcast, what's the smartest thing you've ever done in real estate? Um, go into business with my wife. All right. I was, I was, I was thinking You're married? About Sooner or later, I was going to tell you. (laughs) Sooner or later, I was thinking, I was kind of like pushing that direction. (laughs) Kind of like the, you know, the uh, Oscar acceptance acceptance Uh, speech when you don't mention the spouse and get in trouble later. Yeah, that's a a good move, Bill. Uh, (laughs) Got a lot of cheering here in the room, especially when you say everybody, including the garage guy or the guy who fixes the garage door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Is there one most important thing to know uh, when it's time to buy? Yeah. Usually what happens is, is, is it, it, the most important thing to know is don't uh, wait to, to end up with a real estate agent just by happenstance. Start that process. And that's sort of counterintuitive. Many, many people uh, find out the wrong way that they may not have the best person you know, running the ship for them. Over the weeks as we wind up and over the course of the year, we will talk about specific things like that. 
um, or these guys will actually about how to pick an agent, how to identify the chemistry that's involved in all the other things. All right, Bill, that is the get to know Bill part of the show. Lightning round. Segment two. Now we're going to go to Diane, who has been patiently sitting there and uh, taking notes and texting, I might add. But uh, uh, how did you get started? Uh, two words by accident. I didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I'm not sure I still do or do now, but uh, I worked for Pacific Union, which, which was a great company out in San Francisco. I took a job as the I don't think they say receptionist anymore. I think there's an acronym, DOFI, Director of First Impressions. And but you were the receptionist. I was the receptionist. Um, yes, rebranded now. Yes. Um, and uh, I, it was a very young, dynamic company. I think I was 21 or 22, and everybody was older, 28 to 35. And um, yeah, It's so funny how that used to be it, really I old, know, right? I and 83 used to be old, and now that's right. young, and oh, it's all relative. Although our producer, Megan Mangle here, uh, does still think that that's old. I know she does. <laughs> the time will come. Yes. Um, so I saw people coming and going and having fun, and... I thought that's what I want to do, and that at that time in California, you there was no classroom requirement, um, no education requirement. I bought a book for I think ten dollars, and sat behind the desk and studied and resented every time the phone rang and interrupted <laughs> my studies. And I took the test and miraculously passed, and uh, didn't really know what to do. There was no training. It was a very small brokerage. It was a company that was focused on uh, condominium conversions and development and kind of started this little ad hoc brokerage for the people who didn't want to buy something that they had to sell in one of their developments. So there really was no training. And I went to work without any training and um, made plenty of mistakes, had lots of fun, moved back to the Boston area. My my family was here, moved back here in um, 83. So uh, I was licensed in 79. It's almost my 41 year anniversary, February 3rd. And uh, move back. Groundhog and, Day? I, no, is it February third? No. That's the day after Groundhog. Day. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'll give. Well, so we can, so Celebrate. what I'm saying is February third is now free to be Diane Davis. That's real it estate. exactly. And um, started working on site. Did on site marketing for the Codman Company, which was a pretty was, was a leading company in the Boston area, doing you know working on behalf of developers doing their marketing. So did that for a while, and then got back into. Sales management for a four, a four office brokerage in Boston, and realized that I don't know. I guess I had something to prove. I think the agents that were there didn't necessarily believe that I could do what I said. So I started doing. So I started doing what I said, and um, haven't looked back. It's been an amazing forty-one years. Uh, biggest reason for making the switch from being the rebranded, pre-branded receptionist to uh, becoming, getting involved in this field? Well, I, I knew that was sort of a temporary thing, so it's just um, everything that happens comes before determines what, what's next, right? And uh, it just looked like something that I would want to do, and it turned out that apparently it is. See, I know I've, I've had a, a, a million previous lives, one of which was uh, uh, as a public relations person, I used to find the person who had won the Megabucks. And uh, I decided I wanted to get out of it because I got tired of finding that person presenting the check and then driving home from 
Burlington, Vermont, going when after for the 9,000th time someone told me, uh, boy, I don't know what I'm going to do with the money. I'd be driving back on. I know exactly what I would, <laughs> would do with the money. There's a television show on that episode, I can tell you. And uh, I decided that I wanted to be on the other end of the reception of that check, not, uh, not handing it out anymore. Nice people. They were really fun stories. But anyway. So uh, um, what do you like best about your job people. and your profession? People, working with people, uh, it, you know, many, many, many of my dear friends are people that I met through real estate, people that I helped find a home or I sold their home, and it just, it's a real, it's a very emotional process for um, the consumer, and uh, I, you can't help but get under each other's skin. I have very dear friends who, when I first met, thought, this will be pleasant, we'll have a nice transaction, and, you know. Decades later, they are they're under my skin, and vice, <laughs> and vice versa. So I think that's the most rewarding thing. I really do. All right, we're going to talk about your approach and how you manage those emotions or help people through those emotions in the next segment of the program. But um, the other thing about you is you're not just a real estate agent, and, we're, and you're not just a, I don't want to say just, uh, um, you're also a business owner. Mm-hmm. And... How is that? Is uh, talk about that aspect of what you do. Well, I love that because it's really. I feel like I'm the den mother. So Bill and I have a. a, a I think what's turned into a great way of dividing and conquering, and we are. Um, we both are very supportive of all of the members of our team and of our clients. So. Um, What's that? What was the question? You can edit oh. out, right? I okay. Lost myself in the. <laughs> uh, what was? Uh, Tell us what. What's interesting about owning a business? Oh. And I think you've answered it actually. Well, yeah, part I just. Of it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, really at this point we are, uh, we're serving our, our a- the agents on our team, our, our clients, and okay. so we are. We're, and that's very much with with the follows the Keller Williams philosophy. You know, I think they call it servant leadership. Basically, we treat, um, we um, support and nurture and train the agents on our team so they can do the best possible job they can for their clients. So it's kind of a, a layered effect, if you will. And it's relying on your experience to mm-hmm. help them kind of grow into mm-hmm. into uh, their 41st year, yeah. hopefully. Bill, Bill likes to say, learn on our nickel. Yes, so. all right. Well, that's okay. Uh, all right, lightning round. Couple of quick, couple of quick ones. Uh, most influential person that you've met in real estate? Bill. Bill. Yep. All right. I see. see she went first. Be a lot of me in this. Thing. No, I didn't mean Bill Weidecker. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Jansen was my first sales manager in California. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should be more specific. Yeah, okay. Bill Weidecker. I really, uh, I think he's amazing and wise and articulate and. Yep. And he's a good radio host too. He in is. Previous life. Face for radio. Yep. Well. Uh, best experience in real estate? Oh, I don't. You know, is I was listening. I, there isn't one. There really isn't one. More uh, accumulated uh, type thing. Yeah, I just uh, the high, the highs are very high. The lows can be very low because we really do. Where if you're not empathetic in this business, forgive me, you probably shouldn't be in it. And so I think we feel the joy, and we also feel the pain. And it's our job to can, to kind of get people through it all. But I think I've had. I find there's so much about it I find satisfying. Is there one most important thing to know when it's time to sell? When you say to yourself, okay, time to sell? Uh, preparing the property, 
having an expert who can help you do that. It's all about all sorts of positioning and aesthetic positioning is very important. But I would say, oh, it's lightning round. I can't. Yes, I will. I would say that. Yeah, we've blown that out of the water. Okay. Go right ahead. Um, you know, I think, as Bill said, finding, it's it's like asking, is there one most important thing to do when you're ready to um, make, a, make a change in your health? Or, you know, find an expert and find an expert that you, that you alluded to, Dave, that where there's chemistry and competence. Good Deeds Real Estate with a Mission is presented by the Fine Homes Group International, serving clients in New Hampshire and the greater Boston area.